0: Welcome back to another episode here on Viewpoints. Uh, This is our last week uh, in this series, and I've learned a lot. Um, So I'm excited to dive right in. John, we've talked about there's a war going on in 1 Peter chapter 5. So what do you mean
1: by that? Well, Peter gives us, uh, as we go into chapter 5, he kind of gives us, okay, guys, realize that you are in a war. You know, and we say the word war now. Of course, that makes me think of Ukraine and Russia and... It makes me think about that. But what we really need to think about is like the school shooting in Uvalde. We yeah. need to think about the people that we know that have taken their lives. We need to think about the people that are having, you know, some alcohol issues, some addiction issues, some marriage problems. That's the war that Peter is going to talk about and talking about. Hey, bottom line is there is a. Battle and a war going on all around us, and I don't know that we're aware of it as much as we need to be. Mm-hmm. Ephesians six twelve. And this is a key verse that you know is outside of First Peter, but it goes right with chapter five. It says, "Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, authorities, powers of this dark world, and the spiritual forces of evil." And I just think, you know, we're just seeing it more. I I think it's just, Mm -hmm. we just see this. And so in chapter five, Peter's like going, okay, I want to make sure you guys are ready. I mean, are you, it's kind of weird. Do you know you're in a war and are you ready for this? Are you dealing with it? But like kind of take it, take it seriously for your own life, your own marriage, your own family, your kids, just take it like it's real. So you're talking about more on the line of like a spiritual war. Okay. Yeah, he basically is going to give us ways to prepare for this spiritual war that we are all in. So what are some ways, some practical
0: ways for the listener? If you say, hey, you know, First Peter talks about this war that we're in, what are some practical ways we can give some people to prepare for that?
1: Yeah, I think one of the key ways is um, humility. One of the key things he says in verse 6 of First Peter chapter 5 is simply, hey, you need to humble yourself. And really... One of the great ways to think about that is this idea of, hey, I, I need help. I, mm-hmm. I need help. You know, it's kind of like counseling or anything else when anybody wants to make a change. The first and most important step is somebody goes, they've gone to talk to somebody. Yeah. That's probably the biggest thing they've done, no matter what said to them, or no matter what goes on from that point on. Meaning you need help. That's big. Yeah. yeah. I need help. And humble is, I realize I don't have this, mm-hmm. and I think I I think one of the good things that come out of the pandemic is, hey, if we think we got stuff in control, the pandemic has kind of hit us over the head with no, you don't. Oh yeah, and so I think that's part of the deal for mm-hmm. sure is just to be humble enough to say, hey, I need some help. I need ultimately God's help, mm-hmm. and all we got to do is admit that, and God goes, I want to help in that situation.
0: Do you feel as a pastor that it can vary from like, because men are, are, you know, we we don't do that often. We don't admit a lot that we need help because we're men. You know, do you you feel like there's a difference between a a man and a woman when it comes to just, say, being a little bit more humble and, you know, saying, hey, I need some help in this area?
1: Yeah, I think one way to say that is, Men might be more prideful, (laughs) if you want to know. But I think everybody can deal with pride. I think everybody can have a struggle in this area for sure. But I do think if it's this idea of I've got to be able to control it, I've got to be able to deal with everything, if you kind of try to live that, whether you call that a myth or you call that an expectation – no matter what, I think you're setting yourself up because, yeah. wow, one big good takeaway that we can get out of this pandemic is we can't do that. We yeah. are not good at that.
0: And what are some other ways, John? And I, and I hope for the listener that y'all are actually kind of like writing these down because I know that these are helping me. But what's, what's another
1: step? Well, like verse seven is going to talk about the whole idea of giving God all your anxiety. And I think mm. it's real interesting. It says, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. Yep. I think that's interesting because right off the bat, you know, some people, I know, Christ, I know Christians that go, I, I feel like I'm doing wrong because I'm so anxious. Right. Hey, hey, 1 Peter chapter 5, it assumes you're going to be anxious. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of interesting. It's like, let's get real. You're going <laughs> to be anxious. You're going to be anxious. And so yeah. it's more what you do with it, not, oh, I'm a bad person. I have anxiety. No, you're not a bad person. Mm-hmm. You have anxiety, we all have anxiety, it's just what do you want to do with it? And so that verse tells us what to do with it. God, you help me with this, help me carry this, and I think ultimately, one of the, I heard this counselor say this one time, I think it's great, is let your anxiety push you to God, push you to some good places, mm-hmm. let that, that wave of anxiety move you good, not toward some of that dark places right so right. if you ultimately get let that anxiety push you to God you may still be anxious hmm. but then God can help you in the midst of it as opposed to going the other way with it yeah and you John you also talk about a lot about you know
0: our mind and how powerful our mind is um, what this next step I believe is going to help a lot of people um, because I know you've been talking about it through this whole sermon series about how powerful our mind is how we should stay alert so what's what's this number number three?
1: Yeah, so in verse 8, it just talks about be alert. The quote is, the first part of verse 8 is, be alert and of sober mind. Mm -hmm. Okay, so two parts there. And it's very interesting what the second part is talking about. But the first part is basically this. Hey, be alert. You're in a battle um, Mm. that Satan wants to destroy your family, your marriage, your life, your Everything that you are, I mean, I think I've always said that's drugs. I mean, that's mm-hmm. some kind of addiction. That's really just Satan going, gotcha! Wow, and let's see how I can, how much I can destroy of your life from this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to slip slip in a CS quote, oh, C.S. CS Lewis yes. quote right here, Love it. and from Screw Tape Letters where he goes, you know, two mistakes Christians make about Satan. Mm-hmm. First mistake is ah, uh, he's no big deal, and the other mistake is. Everything that happens this bad, he has something to do with. Mm-hmm. Like, I had a flat tire today. Oh, Satan attacked my tires or something like that. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. You know, you can you get, go, go kind of crazy with it. But it's basically neither one is the right way to approach it. Okay. He is real. He's a big deal. He has really no power over a Christian. Mm-hmm. He can try to mess you up. You have to take the bait, so to speak, for him to mess you up. But if you let him in, he's going to mess some things up. So not every bad thing is him. It's not, you know. So do you feel um, like we
0: give s- Satan too much credit when things go wrong? Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, I knew a guy that said, hey, I got fired from my job. Satan's just all over me. <laughs> and I I said, what happened? Well, I, you know, I was late to work 10 days in a row. <laughs> Well, maybe it was the ten it days in Satan. a row you were like the work that got you fired. Not right, Satan. you know. I mean, yes. it's not that he's in the mm-hmm. middle of all that all the time. So I think it's are you are you looking for that? And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I. There's been times in my life I can think I, I picture it like this: I'm on the edge of the cliff. If I take one more step; it's a long way down there. Right. And are you ready that those there are those cliffs around you? Just waiting for you to go ahead and take a couple steps toward them. And mm-hmm. so be alert. And then a sober mind, it's interesting because sober means actually not drunk. Okay. Okay. So now this is going to be interesting. So <laughs> a sober mind, is it makes perfect sense though. Right now, alcohol abuse is up like 70, 80% right now. Wow. Uh, sales of alcohol is up 70, 80% right now. So this is where somebody abuses alcohol, and it's like, I mean, it makes sense because what does somebody do when they feel stress, pressure? Yeah. They try to numb that. They, they try want to deal with that. And they want to escape it, yeah. and one of the choices would be something like alcohol. So he's kind of like, you know, be looking, but then don't let anything mess your focus up. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't try to get something to numb you or to, you know. Wow. And so it's interesting that that makes it. That, yeah, that makes it into this verse, though. Um, because
0: I guess if you're not sober, mind, like if you're not sober-minded, um, or under the influence, as they would say, like if you're not, yeah, if you're not that way, you, there's really no way you can really be alert. I mean, would you say?
1: Right. I mean, yeah. it's it's making you not be able to be alert. Sure. Exactly. So. Yeah. So numbing it. Yeah. Uh, what is number four yeah the last thing in verse nine is basically resist your enemy I mean it it basically to realize that don't ignore him but you don't have to fear him you, you know you shouldn't be going around oh you know all this he's gonna get me he's gonna get me it's not any of that kind of stuff uh, you, you just have to you have to fight him but it's not in your strength I mean that would be definitely bringing the knife to the gunfight mm-hmm. that is not gonna work if you think you're gonna do something it's that you go. I need the weapons of the Spirit. I I need to be, you mm-hmm. know, in prayer. I need to be close to God. I need to be involved in the Bible. I need to be faithful. I need to have community. I need to have, you know, the, my my people mm-hmm. that that I have around me that I can turn to that I know are gonna pray for me, that sort of thing. And um we just resist our enemy and I think we have we just that's part of the battle. It's like if you're in a battle one thing to go. Oh, I think there's a battle over there, but there's nothing. Go, I, I, I need to duck. I need to resist. I right. need to right. be involved in that. Yeah. So it's taking that on. I, I know you also shared a,
0: a prayer, uh, John, in relation to First Peter chapter five. Uh, what is that? What is that prayer? If you don't mind sharing? that?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's just a prayer that I wanted to just share. It's in you know, it's going to be on the blog mm-hmm. and just uh, hopefully. It'd be a great thing just that might help somebody, and it's basically to say something along these lines, oh Lord, we need you so much. Help us overcome. Help us fight. We trust you, and we know you are ready, willing, and more than able to protect us from the evil one, and so we just pray this in the mighty name of Jesus, who is the one who, who does give us victory, mm-hmm. and I just think it's you, – you've got some – the humility in there as well as help us to resist, help us to trust and know that we're not fighting this in our own strength, mm-hmm. which will never turn out that well. That's so good. Well, uh, Pastor John, thank you so much for sharing.
0: Uh, it's our prayer, and, and hope that you understand that there is a war, a spiritual war that everyone's going through, and, and these are just some key st- steps to take to help you through your journey in this life. John, thank you so much. so listener, we hope to see you next time. God bless.